This is Who Wore What When, a podcast where we examine the lives of historical figures and what clothing they wore in the most significant moments of their lives. I'm your host, Maggie Latham. Today's topic, one of the most famous wearers of clothing, French Queen Marie Antoinette. Marie was born in Austria in 1755 to Holy Roman Emperor Francis I and Habsburg Empress Maria Theresa. This is a time of great instability for European monarchies. We also don't have a lot of information about what she wore before she went to Versailles to marry the French prince Louis XVI. Marie was promised to Louis XVI in 1766 to cement a Habsburg and French alliance after the Seven Years' War. She was married to him when she was 14, and the then Dauphin, Louis, was only 15. They were married by proxy in Vienna. Her brother, Archduke Ferdinand, stood in as Louis and said his vows for him. They then had a second wedding at Versailles where she was transported to France, and at the border she was stopped, stripped of her Austrian clothes down to the nude, and then redressed in clothes made in France. This signified her transition to being French. This Versailles wedding was the first time the couple ever met, and 5,000 guests watched the ceremony. Her Versailles wedding dress was made of silver and covered in diamonds, so she sparkled. It had very large panniers, which are these cages that rest on the hips and can be up to 12 feet wide. The dress was made before she came to France, so the measurements were guessed and were incorrect. The bodice was too small and the back couldn't be closed and they had no extra fabric. So she walked down the aisle with a dress that couldn't be fully closed, which was considered completely scandalous. Marie and Louis' marriage was not consummated for seven years. Louis had a painful medical condition that made it very difficult for him to perform in the bedroom. Marie's mother sent her brother to solve the problem, and historians believe that either Louis had surgery or they just didn't know what they were doing for seven years, and they eventually had four kids. So in her early years at Versailles, she was forced to wear traditional corsets and heavy dresses at the royal court. the dress that most women were wearing at the time that she is known for wearing was a robe à la française, or a French robe, which is also called a sack gown. The dress has box pleats in the back, um, often called a Watteau back, because Jean-Antoine Watteau painted the backs of these dresses a lot. In one of his paintings, La Saint-de-Gerson, uh, the woman on the left is wearing a Watteau back, um, and the woman on the right has a good example of robing, um, which is two distinct decorative pieces of fabric down the front that's usually gathered or ruched. They could have a line of decorative bows going down the bodice called echelles, and they had straight sleeves with mount- matching flounce and large frills at the elbow called engagants. These dresses were usually worn with panniers, often up to 12 feet wide, and they were popularized by Louis XVI's father's mistress, Madame de Pompadour. In the early 1770s, Marie refuses to wear a corset and instead wears male breeches and a riding or frock coat so that she could ride. There's a good example of this in a portrait of her by Joseph Kranzinger from 1771. Breeches were very tight and buttoned or buckled at the knee, and the frock coat was looser than a men's dress coat and had a falling collar. This outfit was completely outrageous for the time, and it was very much condemned. Marie's mother once said to her, If you are riding like a man, dressed as a man, I have to tell you that I find it dangerous as well as bad for bearing children. Which is a pretty scathing review, if you ask me. 
especially as Marie was struggling to have children. These masculine clothes are not what is typically associated with Marie Antoinette, who we all think of as being the woman who spent all of France's money on gowns just because she liked wearing them. Um, But she did actually go through a period where she really didn't like dressing in traditional feminine clothing. Just a fun little fact, she wasn't actually allowed to ride horses because they were deemed too dangerous by the Count of Mercy Argento, so she rode donkeys and apparently loved it. A little bit later on in the 1770s, she developed a relationship with Marie-Jean Berton, also known as Rose Berton, who eventually became the biggest French designer because of her relationship with the queen. At Louis XVI's coronation, Marie stuns the court with her new poof hairstyle that became her signature look. The hairdresser who came up with this was named Leonard Alexis Autier, and he created poofs that could be as much as four feet high, accessorized with feathers, trinkets, and once even an enormous model of the French warship La Belle Poule to commemorate its sinking of a British frigate. Women of the time wore false hair and pads to make their hair appear larger, because if you can imagine, if they're trying to get it four feet high, it's pretty hard to uh, grow your hair out to be that long and they would cover their hair with lard or pomade and powder to make it that nice white color that you always see in those traditional French paintings. And they wore cages to bed to keep mice out of these hairstyles, which is pretty gross. Can you imagine having a mouse in your hair? Just like living there? No. Just like hanging out? No, no. It just wants cheese. No, no. Instead it has you and your hair. Why? Toward the end of the decade, Marie is spending over $20,000 per day on clothes. That math is too difficult for me to do off the top of my head, but it's a whole lot of money. It's all going to her clothing. Dabney was kind enough to (laughs) Google the answer to how much this is per year, and it's $7.3 million. That's a lot of money. Newspapers and pamphlets of the time made fun of her for her extravagance, and typically anger would be directed at the king's mistress, but Louis had no mistress, so all of this anger went toward the queen, Marie Antoinette. It became almost fashionable to blame Marie Antoinette for France's monetary issues at the time. By 1780, panniers are less fashionable, and dresses begin to be bustled a bit in the back again, which leads to a new favorite fashion, the polonaise. The polonaise became the biggest fashion craze of the time. It was a lighter dress that showed the ankle, and it was open at the front to show the petticoats beneath it. The skirt was formally puffed or swagged in three places, and sewn down with loops added onto it for decoration. There was a bell hoop or a hip roll added underneath, and it could also be a bustle pad or a false rump. This led to a flatter in front and more curved in the back look. It had round cuffs above the elbow and fabric shirred up the seams. Shirring is two or more rows of gathers that are used to decorate parts of garments. Women also tended to wear flouncy aprons purely for decoration, which was another trend that Marie Antoinette started because she enjoyed dressing up and pretending that she was a milkmaid with her friends at La Hameau de la Reine, the Queen's Hamlet. Hameau de la Reine was a meadowland with lakes and streams, a temple of love on an island with shrubs and flowers, an octagonal belvedere with a neighboring grotto and cascade. There were also rustic buildings situated around a pond fed by a stream that turned a mill wheel, a farmhouse, dairy, dovecote, boudoir, barn, mill, and lighthouse. 
that's a lot of things. And it was very expensive to build. Marie, because she had grown up royal and had lived so long in the French court, was very out of touch with the realities of poverty at the time. And she actually believed this to be a somewhat accurate representation of what a milkmaid would be doing with her life. In the late 1780s, she adopted an Anglophile or English-loving fashion. These were much simpler and lighter dresses, and it tended to offend French compatriots. She wore thin muslin chemises that were loosely belted at the waist and wore broad straw hats that she could position at any angle. These were worn without panniers, so fabric molded around the legs. This furthered her peasant girl look and was condemned by French society, but because she was Marie Antoinette, the fashion still caught on. In July of 1793, she lost custody of her son, who was forced to accuse her of incest, which was not true, and she was sentenced to death by guillotine for treason at the age of 37. She rode to her death in 1793 wearing a brand new white chemise that she had secretly saved. This led to a lot of the fashion trends in the early 1800s. She rode to her death in 1793 wearing a brand new white chemise that she had secretly saved. This look became very trendy in the years to come from around 1795 to 1820. And now, I'd like to defend Marie Antoinette a little bit. She was blamed throughout her life for a lot that wasn't her fault. Uh, The country was already really deep in debt when she and Louis took the throne. Louis XVI's monetary policies failed, and they went into more debt funding the American Revolution. But thank you, Louis, for doing that, because otherwise we would not be here in our country that is falling apart. (laughs) Should we keep that? Should I say something different? No, I'm do we want to take it? Do we want to take a political stance on this fashion podcast? Podcasts are for liberals. Po- podcasts are for liberals. Podcasts are for liberals. Suck a dick, Trump. 4chan is for Republicans. <laughs> podcasts are for liberals. Please keep that in. <laughs> um, yeah, what's this? Is some misogynist bullshit that everyone's mad at her? Oh, just wait. I'm waiting. And like I said before, propaganda was normally aimed at the mistresses of the king, but it instead was aimed at her because Louis did not have a mistress for them to get mad at, Um, which is really unfortunate because she was actually an incredibly generous person, which most people don't know. She founded a home for unwed mothers. She gave food to poor families. She even sold off royal flatware to buy grain for those in need during the famine of 1887. 1787. I know. (laughs) Marie loved children and adopted the child of a maid who died and three children of one of her ushers who died. And one story shows her jumping quickly to the aid of a vintner who was hit by her carriage, paying for his metal coupere and supporting the family until he was able to work again. When she was executed, she even apologized to the executioner, saying, Pardon me, sir, I meant not to do it after stepping on his foot. She also never said let them eat cake, but you probably already knew that. Um, That is a quote from someone about 200 years before she was ever alive. Marie also had to deal with a lot of suspicion and had no friends and a bad marriage. Living in the French court when she first moved there was really difficult for her because most people didn't trust people who weren't French. 
She was also incredibly important to the history of clothing as a huge trendsetter and definitely a fashion queen. She helped those she admired, like Bertin and Auti, create businesses and schools that were hugely impactful on the spread of her fashion. And one disapproving aristocrat remarked that she'd staged a veritable revolution in fashion, which, while he was disapproving, I think is true, and not at all a bad thing. Thanks so much for listening to Who Wore What When. Tune in next week when we take a look at the life and clothing of the Virgin Queen Elizabeth I. Who Wore What When is researched and written by me, Maggie Latham, edited and produced by the amazing Dabney Rao, inspired by David Henderson's History of Clothing course at Hofstra University. This episode was sponsored by USPS knocking on the door twice, Googling French pronunciations, and Maggie and Dabney desperately needing a coffee. Some of the research for this episode came from Fashion, the Definitive History of Costume and Style by the Smithsonian Institution, published by Dorling Kindersley Limited. Special thanks to Katie McNeil for pronunciation help, David Henderson, everyone who voted on my Instagram poll that they would listen to this podcast, and Brian, the man who sold us this secondhand microphone. Would you like to see all the incredible clothes we're talking about? Check out the new app, Entail. Entail is a new podcast platform which allows creators to add pictures, maps, links, quotes, and chapters to their shows for a rich, interactive experience. Entail users don't need to search for photos of the clothing we're mentioning. They can see exactly what we're talking about as we're saying it. Download it today at the Apple App Store and search Who Wore What When to follow us. Did you enjoy this episode? Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Only five stars, please. And tell your friends to listen. Tell your enemies to listen. Tell everybody to listen. And check us out on Instagram at Who Wore What When Pod. Thanks. Later. Peace out, motherfuckers. We're rolling. We're rolling we for are episode two. Rolling on the river. And we're rolling. Rolling. Rolling on the river.